Ruby and I'm here with uh, Adam Barnhart and he is the creator of Macabre Mill and also of the Riot Verse and the Shit Show comics. Um, yes. He's here to talk about his new Kickstarter. Yes, hopefully. I mean, we'll see where the conversation goes. I, I'm well versed in potatoes, um, snacks, um, Kickstarter. I'm not really. I'm more well versed in potatoes than Kickstarters. But uh, yeah, let's see where the conversation goes. But what about a Kickstarter about potatoes? Do you think there is like a conversation there? Uh, potato man, yeah, I could make that work. You know, <laughs> steak fry boy, we can uh, we can make something work. I, I would totally read that, <laughs> um, but only if it came with free samples. Okay, okay, let's. Uh, I might I might try working on that. Okay, so do you want to talk a little bit about yourself and kind of introduce mm -hmm. yourself to you know listeners who don't know you? You know, you've you're this is kind of an indie comic, but you've also worked with Scout Comics to make this mm -hmm. happen or to make um, previous iterations of the Riot Verse happen. So mm -hmm. who who are you? <laughs> uh, like you said, I uh, my name's Adam Barnhart. I, um, I I write all day long. I don't know how I got here. I don't know why I do it, but I. Uh, by day, I, I write as an entertainment journalist uh, for comicbook.com. And then by night, I, I'm i trying to uh, make something out of this, this comics uh, career, if you could call it that. For whatever reason, I uh, came up with the idea of Shit Show probably five years ago. And I started pitching it around in, in Scout Comics bit. Before that, I don't think I... Um, I did a few comics works here and there, you know, uh, just like short stories that haven't even seen the light of day. They, the only place they exist is, is on my hard drive. Um, but I did those. And then I, I decided, you know what, it would, it would be cool to uh, go after this one idea, which, which eventually ended up as shit show. And I pitched that around to some publishers and, and scout comics um, wanted it to join their family. And I don't know why, but but they did and now now we're here it's it's snowballed since there's there's all sorts of stuff um i mean my mind never stops wandering so once once i got that email from uh scout i'm like okay well now we're cooking you know it's, it's kind of like this sense of validation you know you can write all you want but to have someone say hey we will uh publish this um and send it to comic shops for you you know that's like okay let's let's see what this comics writing thing can do and um so far it uh i was gonna say it hasn't let me down but anything in life will both let you down and and excite you at the same time you know now i think i saw an interview with you where you talked about um you know that comics weren't always your thing initially you know i think your your parent one of your parents had a comic book collection they had been collecting for you and mm -hmm. you said no and my heart broke for that because yes, I yes. Know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly it. Uh, uh, when myself and my two siblings were born, my parents uh, would started collecting something else for us. And the idea is, is to once we got of age, they would then gift us that collection so we could start a collection of, um, you know, our own. Um, I know my dad was huge into uh, um 
like international beer cans at one point, which is apparently a huge thing around the world. Oh. I he would travel to Germany and all, all sorts of places, and and apparently there's like a comic con for beer cans. Um, whatever he he started collecting, he still does collect all sorts of stuff. Um, so my collection was uh was comic books, and I know growing up, um he was like, don't, don't really touch the comic books. I'm a kid. I don't know. You know, it's just paper to me. Um, but eventually I was I, I, for my 12th or 13th birthday, I think. So this was before the MCU made superheroes into the most popular thing um, on the face of the planet. My dad's like, okay, you could, you could finally, uh, you know, read the comic books. You, you can, the comics are yours. And I'm like, but they're comic books. I don't think I'll get a girlfriend if I'm reading comic books. You know, um, and then Iron Man came out like two, two years later and comic books became the biggest thing and the coolest thing. Um, but yeah, no, it's I always I always ask him for if I could still have the collection. And he's like, no, you you, you piss that chance away. And it's um, <laughs> I'm regretful every single time I think about it because it has all sorts of first Wolverine, um, oh. all sorts of early Incredible Hulk, Captain America like the entire first volume of Captain Marvel, the original, it's, uh, yeah. That would maybe, been... maybe I'm in his will. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's will. I mean, I love the man, so I, I don't want him to depart us, you know, but, uh, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. And that's, that's what's so cool. Both of both my parents, my mom always tells me, um how i don't even know her age i probably even shouldn't say her age in public <laughs> no no like you, she's she's forever <laughs> yeah. younger than, yes than... uh she always says how many blankety blank year olds watch this marvel stuff and she has a good point but she she's uh that's where i get most of my news she's in tune she's uh reads the people's people magazines of the world and oh wow um if tmz breaks something she'll she'll uh texted to me and i'm like oh okay we should we should probably write about that or something <laughs> she's you know before before push alerts your mom will send a text yes, before, yes. She, you know. she is the all things entertainment and she uh she keeps in tune with everything now what she, did what did your siblings get you know you mentioned the two collections were there pogs was was that oh, part pogs, of it <laughs> yeah. so pogs, is a, pogs was a huge part of my childhood at uh I'm not sure if it's a regional. Uh, did you? I had have... I had Pogs. Okay. I know, like I'm I'm very well versed yes. in Pogs. Did you I... have a, a Ben Franklin store? No. Is that a, so? It was. It's hard to explain. It, it's like a department. Is it a department store? I don't know what to call. Our, our little town had a Ben Franklin's. It was called, um, and for whatever reason, buy like the gum and uh, the candy and stuff. They would have like on the bottom shelf. They just had a box of pogs. Oh, that's um, fun. And we uh we always went to Ben Franklin's. It's the type of store I, I always tell people this, and I'm not sure if they get it. It's the type of store that has a popcorn machine when you walk in the door. Yeah. Does that portray a certain vibe, like an ace hardware or something like that? Yeah, like I think I know what you mean. And I mean I mean, certainly invokes the smell of the popcorn and yes. everything. Like I can I can imagine what you're talking mm -hmm. about. So yeah. Yeah. So we would always go down to the Ben Franklin's and 
whenever, I don't know if we mowed a yard or raked a yard, or if we came across the quarter in the couch, we would go by. <laughs> I'm dating myself. I feel like I'm talking like it was the 1950s or something when it was 1996. I mean, but, I, I lived that. So I understand yeah. like, this is very, this is very relevant to me, but I, you know, mm. apparently this is all oldies now. You'll find like stuff from 96 on classic rock. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, collection wise, my brother got sports cards, okay. which are what you're making a huge resurgence now, especially like Pokemon and all that stuff. Yep. And then my sister, um, just regular books, I think just novels. Gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, what, what was it Iron Man then that finally made you make the jump to actually liking the comics? Because so you rejected the comic books. Like what, what was the first one you so, bought if you can remember? So I, he let me, I should go back and say he let me read comics growing up, like under his supervision and what, okay. you know, obviously the, the more, um, more expensive for stuff, you know, let's, uh, let's be more careful with those. But no, I read up. I I grew up reading comics, okay, <laughs> and um and all that stuff. And I was just got to the age where I was ter- becoming a teenager, and yeah, I thought I knew everything. I know we we all know how that goes, right? <laughs> um, so it was exactly. this one single gesture, um, uh, where my dad tried gifting me all sorts of stuff, and I'm like, no, nah, whatever. But outside of that, no, I've been around comics the vast majority of my life. You know that. Uh, it's it's so bizarre you know living on both sides of the equation you know being alive in a time where comics were both like this underground Mm -hmm. like um i don't want to how do you say it uh uncool edgy reject kids almost right like Mm -hmm. we were we were there at that time yep and now it uh comics are are a big deal you know it's what dominates hollywood it's um dominates tiktok and and all that stuff so it's weird to be on both sides of that coin within one lifetime yeah i mean it's so mainstream now but Mm -hmm. you know let's let's talk about you and your journey to scout so Mm -hmm. you you know you said that you had to you know you kind of pitched around and all of that and Mm -hmm. then you landed with scout so first scout doesn't normally do superhero stuff right? right they they normally do other comics how like did you have to pitch to them in person did you like how yeah. did that go you know was that nerve-wracking it, was it- <laughs> yes it's entirely nerve-wracking so the the proper journey of shit show began um during um it was actually it's funny because it's called shit show and it was pretty organized. I was watching uh, the the story I tell everyone is I was mm-hmm. watching shameless. And the idea was like, what if uh, Frank Gallagher had superpowers? What mm-hmm. kind of wonky stories could we get into? And then of course that kind of expand and grew and what happens if the entire Gallagher family had superpowers. But the basis of the story was that they're not necessarily bad people. They've mm-hmm. just been put into um, bad situations or, not less than average situations or, or something of that nature. Um, so it came with that idea and I started tinkering with it. I would, uh, you know, scroll social media for artists I liked. Um, then you reach out to artists and be like, hey, I have this idea. Do you like it? 
no, I don't have the time for that. Okay, well, then you reach out to artists too. And hey, do you like this idea? And that artist says, okay, yeah, I'll draw anything you want as long as you pay me. And so I said, like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, so it's like trying to find the same artist. So I was developing, like, if you want to call it key art, you know, mm-hmm. you know, comparing it to the MCU, it's like akin to seeing Andy Park's visual development art mm-hmm. or Ryan Minor Ding or, or something like that. Um, so I get some tests done and I land on this one artist, Samir Samal, just blows me away with uh his own pitch to me i guess and you're still working with him now right because he did uh, yeah 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 he did all three uh he did the first three issues of shit show he's done a bunch of covers for me um and and we're still working on uh, some things um so yeah so he we did the first six pages uh most publishers require at least five pages um some required six so we just went and did the first six pages of the story scripted it out um and then we put together a pitch packet you know with uh, an outline of the entire story um those first six pages and uh yeah we pitched it we uh publishers are notorious of course they're notorious for wanting what they want but uh just follow the the uh, submission guidelines on each Mm -hmm. page and um the thing with indie publishers is you have marvel you have dc and they publish an absurd amount of superhero books every single week mm-hmm. so most small publishers say yeah we don't really want superhero books and at the time several of these publishers explicitly stated um yeah we're not really interested in superhero books um we pitched around we pitched scout i think scout was one of those sites that says yeah we're we're not interested in in the tights and capes and for some reason they messaged emailed back uh two months later and said, yeah, well, uh, we want to publish this book. And I said, okay, okay, sweet. Yeah. Where, where do I sign? I can't, uh, eat these chicken strips fast enough to get back to my computer. (laughs) Um, how, where, where do I sign the dot where, you know, just, yeah, send me the contract I'm in. And that was that. Did you ever think it was going to become, you know, such I don't want to say like operation, but like such a, it's a universe, right? I mean, you've mm-hmm. got, you've got the shit show comics. You have, you have a bunch of stuff coming out next year. That's in the same universe, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I think it's the moon. Um, the I'm blanking on the name. Is it moon? Uh, uh, so moon, moon spawn. Spawn. Sorry. Yes. moon spots, uh, not next year. Moon spots on the schedule for 2024. Okay. Which is an exclusive for you, but oh. um, th- no, there's a, uh, I have five different titles. We have five different titles uh, coming out in some shape, way, or form. There's there's a four issue mini series coming out. There's a three issue mini series coming out. There's two one shots, and yeah, I, I think I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Um, but yeah, it no, it's snowball. And writing Shitshow Volume One. Once we got picked up, then you know we started working on the script and, and the world and all this stuff. And if if you read Shitshow, you know the basis of Shitshow is um, Rich McCoy, the superhero known as Legend in our world, can't stop the one thing he needs to stop. So the Age of Heroes comes to an end. Um, without getting spoilers, that's that's just how it happens. Most um, heroes, most villains are no longer heroes and villains. Maybe they died. Maybe they went away. Maybe they got their power stripped, you know? Um, and because of that, that weighs down on him and he becomes, uh, you know, he, he becomes dependent on alcohol and other um, substances. 
Um, so that's, you know, the basis of shit show. And because of that, you know, that just kind of lends itself to a larger world to, mm-hmm. to make it more impactful. You know, the more stories we tell about all these different superheroes, the more impactful shit show is going to be because you can't put all of these heroes into that one book and make yeah, it a nice, course. tight, yeah. cohesive story. Um, so yeah, we're just keep fleshing it out. So some of these books are prequels. Um, some of these are in the current timeline as, as the story moves forward, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I, 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 I'll say, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to make comics and it's just whatever idea pops in. Uh, and that's the one thing about writing, you know, I, you can write whatever the hell you want, mm-hmm. you know, no one's stopping you. You could write whatever the hell you want. Some stuff might be good enough. You might like some stuff enough to continue on to the art phase and to continue paying artists to to do your comic book for you um and some stuff you might you know put on the back burner and read three years later and be like what the hell was i thinking (laughs) you know this needs to get you know this needs to be deleted as soon as possible but um yeah some things make it to the production and development stage and some things are just will forever live um as a bullet point and the one of 50 journals I have laying around my house. (laughs) Now along, you know, along those lines, you know, what do you think you do better? Like now, now that you have all this work under your belt compared Mm -hmm. to when you first started out and, you know, you were uh, messaging people for collaboration and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. What have you, like, what have you refined that you're really good at now? Um, I think the most important thing is the writing itself, Mm -hmm. you know, as as with anything you do in life, you know, what's the, what's the adage you have to do something for 10,000 hours to become Mm -hmm. an expert or something like that. Don't quote me on that. I have no idea what to say (laughs) it is, but you get the gist. Um, I think it's like a Malcolm Gladwell quote from one of his books or something like that. Yeah. I I totally know what I mean. Yeah. But, uh, the writing itself, you know, I, I can't read shit show volume one anymore, even though as it stands now in the schedule, that's my lone published work. Um, it, comics take so long to um, make. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wrote shit show, like one of the, my very first things five years ago. Okay. And we, we got that into production and got that locked. So I couldn't go back and change any of the dialogue or any of the pace, pacing or, or any of that, you know, um, so the writing itself has, has grown leaps and bounds in the, the five years I've been doing this. Um, project management, you know, trying to keep everything in line. I never thought I was a super organized person. Um, I still probably aren't, um, judging by other people's standards, but <laughs> I'm much more organized and, and versed in project management now than I was before. And just um, just collaborative efforts, collaboration, you know, growing up, I always chose, I always picked up the video games or board games where I would say, create your own mm-hmm. blank, create your own wrestler, create your own hero character world or whatever. But um, comics are, is, uh, is very much, you know, our own, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's your and, and my own, um, not just mine or yours, you know, it's, it's sharing these characters and these stories with, with everyone else. And you, you have to, um, work with someone who who's open to tweaking their own work. And you also have to be open yourself to, to receiving the, the criticisms from, I'm not sure if they're criticisms, but you have to be open to, uh, bending your own script and words to mm-hmm. to mesh with the style of the artist or or ideas. Every single artist I've worked with 
has has elevated my scripts fully you you know Mm -hmm. i have never had knock on wood um (laughs) i have never worked with an artist that's been a pain in the ass everyone's um like what i'm working on with uh macabre mel right now Mm -hmm. roland's is a phenomenal he understands comics he he is a full-on comics artist i give him the scripts i give him very little direction in the scripts um and he sometimes he'll throw in two or three extra panels and i'm like I'm such an idiot for not thinking of that, you know, <laughs> that, that makes the story that much better. Um, so, so you'll come along situations like that, but, uh, and that's one of the good things about comics, you know, it's, it's such a collaboration. Each comic has at least three creatives involved, you know, mm-hmm. between a writer, you know, some comics will have five with writer, pencils, inks, colors, letters, editors. Um, so that's, that's, that's something I enjoy a lot about, you now know, you know, you mentioned Roland. Let's talk a little bit about Mel. Um, so I think I read somewhere, maybe I listened to an interview where you said that, you know, you kind of used her writing and, you, you know, wrote about her um, when you were kind of burned out from writing, I think, the shit show comics. Is mm-hmm. that is that true? Like, can you yep. talk about that? Absolutely. This. So, yeah, it's 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 unique because since so I've done shit show, I've done a second mini series that's gotten picked up by scout which is something we're we're releasing next year i've done two kickstarters and countless short stories all set in this one universe yet macabre mel wicked salvation is the second thing i ever wrote um it was just something like something happens at shit show volume one um mm-hmm. uh well we'll just say it uh mel finds herself dead and you, dead you have you have that in the Kickstarter, so it's not. Yes, yeah, so it's that's not, not full not out spoilers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She finds herself dead, and um, I always knew she was going to come back. It's comics; everyone yeah, comes back, but uh, she doesn't come back fully. There, there's changes. There's a sword involved, so on, so on and so forth. Um, but I'm like, man, well, she's a total badass. We have to, we have to tell the story of how she comes back Mm -hmm. so uh when i would like you said when i would get burnt out when i would write myself into a corner whatever i'd get writer's block on shit show um i'm not sure if you could tell just by talking about talking with me but i certainly have attention issues so i bounce around (laughs) i bounce around anyways uh but so i would bounce between shit show volume one and um uh, macabre mill you know mm-hmm. writing ideas and stuff and one of these ideas were like no matter what she needs to go to an underworld that underworld we decided was hell mm-hmm. and um wicked salvation was born you know uh we wrote a short story about lucifer um and we wanted to kind of tie everything together you know um so yeah macabre mill wicked salvation she goes to hell to battle the devil for the right to her soul so she can come back and save her friends what she does in shit show three and now there's um, there's a sword right so i think mm-hmm. you i think you on twitter or something you said that the story was like king arthur you know mm-hmm. uh, basically a, a female king arthur and that like kind of hooked me because that's amazing um mm-hmm. and there's this there's this sword and it's the sword of serpent can you serpentia yes. serpentia yep. can you talk about that is that excalibur yeah. or is that a spoiler um like what can you say about it I can so I I love uh one of my favorite comic creators ever is um Mike Mignola from the Hellboy universe. Okay. And and he, what he does, he uh puts he loves 
mythology mm -hmm. and my bookshelf right here under my printer is nothing but uh mythology books and tomes and all sorts of stuff like oh that's awesome there's a lovecraft collection down there as well but uh a bunch of you know i just love mythology i love the you know the egyptian gods i love the greek pantheon um but the point about mike mignola is that he he's true to the roots of these stories that have been told for centuries and centuries and mm -hmm. centuries and the point is they're good ass stories if they've been told this long yep. right um but the thing about him is while he's true to those stories, he also puts a fresh take on it. And that's kind of what we're doing here with King Arthur. You'll see Merlin. I think Merlin's even in the preview pages on the yeah, Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, and we're putting our spin on it, which means Merlin goes to this alternate dimension with this one-eyed Time Lord that is both good and evil. Uh, Mushuratu is the guy's name. And uh, that's kind of our... I have no plans to to bring the Excalibur story into it. Okay. To, to this thing, so um, just sure, a magic yeah. sword. Yeah, it's a magic sword with someone's skull. You know, on the I love that. <laughs> so uh, I do have plans to tell that story and whose skull that is. Hopefully, eventually. Oh. But uh, no, that's the cool thing about like the superhero universe. You know, I wanted. Um, if you go to a panel about breaking into comics, everyone always says start small. But if I, I figured if I kind of laid the groundwork for this world, I could tell people shoot lasers out of their eyes. We're, we're dealing with demons, <laughs> the devil, an ancient king with a sword that could teleport him through space and time. Like uh, I could write any story, any genre ever. One of the stories I'm releasing next year is a street level, a street level thing with just a dude who has no superpowers, but wants to be a hero. You know, you could tell any type of story in here. And that's, that's the cool thing about superhero comics. Um, I would love to tell like the King Arthur Knights of the Round Table, Merlin. It's that's that's an era that really fascinates me as well. I really loved um Frank Miller's Cursed. So this mm -hmm. kind of, you know, gave me gave me kind of those vibes. And like that's yeah. why I'm so excited um yeah. about this. Uh so you know, is there you you have this stuff coming up next year and you also mentioned 2024. Like what mm -hmm. like what's coming out next year? What's so <laughs> that you can, can talk about yeah right? i could say I so um i love cosmic stories and you know the ride versus first cosmic stories called keepers of the cosmos i've posted mm -hmm. about this before yeah. and that's under contract with scout comics um the first issues coming out in april um i don't have a date or anything like that um and then two and three they do stagger the releases throughout the year um at scout the next one is that street level hero um which is I, I love all my characters equally and all my stories equally, but this um, this story about the street level character is the one thing I would have bet my life savings on getting picked up, um, but it never did for oh. whatever reason. I'm like, man, I love this story. These characters are so badass, um, but it never got picked up. Um, so so we're gonna publish it anyways. Why not? We're just we're just going to. We're going to uh, publish it ourselves. If we have to print 25 copies because that's all it sells, we'll print 25 copies. If we have to print a million, 
Sure. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that, that'll let me make uh, a lot more superhero books. Is it different uh, working with, you know, a publisher versus, you know, doing it indie? Because mm -hmm. it, it seems like with indie, there's a lot more work, right? You're, you know, Mel has this Kickstarter, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're trying to get it out there. You're trying to get people to support it, which you should for 10 bucks if you can. Mm -hmm. um, like, how does that work? How do you stay sane? How does that so, so, so with any indie comics, I mean, even if you do get picked up with a publisher, they are, I mean, Scout's still considered a small press, right? Mm -hmm. Scout is um, not the dark horse or image yeah. of the, the world. Um, so even with like Shit Show, there was still a fair amount of my own promotion and my own marketing and my own scheduling interviews and press and all, all sorts of that. Um, so there's not really much difference between the two, I mean, Scout handled all the distribution and printing and all that stuff, which is arguably the biggest part. Um, but at the same time, then you split royalties and there's yeah. all sorts of schedule. Yeah, whatever. Um, but, you know, a lot of many creators are, are moving to the digital route with Substack mm -hmm. and to the self-publishing route. And, and that's just wanted, something I wanted to do. And it uh, the uh, stars aligned, I guess, for this route to, to let us self-publish. Scout didn't want this one story. Nobody else wanted this one story. Um, but we love this one story. Yeah. We love this one story so damn much. We're, we're just going to do it. And uh, we'll, we're, we're going to watch that in January. That's phenomenal. So is there anything, you know, that you haven't talked about that you think you want people to know either about um, Macabre Mel or, you know, any of the other characters in the shit show universe? Can you, if you haven't read anything else, could you just start with Mel? Yeah, you could. It's definitely self-contained, and that's that's um, kind of all my thought process behind everything. It's uh, everything's gonna be. You don't need this whole thing. There's a reading order. Um, there's two reading orders to make life much more complicated because that's just who I am on lunchroomriot.com. Um, so if you want like the whole thing, if you want to read chronologically, if you want to read release order, all that stuff's up on the website, but all of these stories are going to be self-contained um, and they'll just be fun nods or cameos or mm -hmm. Easter eggs or post-credit scenes, post-credit scenes. I do air quotes, um, <laughs> but no, yeah, Wicked Salvation's an awesome story. It's a 56 page graphic novella. Um, and it's black and white, right? It's it's black yes. and white. Yep, that's another thing. Um, we started working on a while ago. Each October, we we plan to do a um, horror type story. Oh, um, and, and those we want to keep in black and white as an homage to to the pulp comics, to the pre core. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. All that that's stuff. amazing. Yes, which is quite unique because Werewolf by Night also came out in that same exact format, um, and it's the best thing I've ever watched. So, um, yeah, so that's what we plan on doing this. Well, we're doing this October. We're doing next October with with another bonkers wild character. Uh, but no, it's. Uh, um, what do I want people to know? Just I don't know. I, you can check macabremail.com um, is where the Kickstarter is. We're live until October 31st. But at mm -hmm. the same time, um, I've always had the belief that every single person on the face of this planet has a story to tell. Mm -hmm. um and we live in an age where there's infinite opportunities to to tell that story now obviously everyone doesn't get the same opportunity um because connections and politics and all, all that bullshit everyone has to deal with on a daily basis 
but um there there's Wattpad, there's Twitter, mm-hmm. thread, thread something you write in tweets. Yeah. There's Tumblr still around, right? There's uh Microsoft Word, Google Docs is free, right? Go to docs.google.com or whatever it is and, and and keep writing, you know. There's plenty of spots to put up your your writings, but um yeah, I just I just want to tell stories with, with characters I like. And uh more importantly, I love reading mm-hmm. other people's stories with characters I also like because that inspires me in the own way, um, in its own way. So uh yeah, if if you've even had any interest, you know, just just pull up a Google Doc and, and start typing out a uh bullet point list, you know, step one, step two, step three, step four. And then if you fall in love with that, you know, start start writing prose or start writing an outline or something of that nature, you know. I love that. That's so inspiring. Well, thank you very much for being here. And if you're listening and you have the chance, check out the Kickstarter, uh, macabremel.com, uh, right? Yep. yep. Yes. Uh, yes. Macabremel.com or wickedsalvation.com. Both will lead you to it. We uh, go until October 31st, I think, 7 p.m. Central. Either one works and yep. I can't wait to read it. Thank you. No problem.